0: love to see my church family out there loving on each other. There's nothing like it. Um, I know Pastor has been sharing with us the last several weeks about praying in prayer, and I want to share just a little bit for a short time this morning about intercessory prayer. Um, Intercessory prayer, it's not about getting God to follow our plan, but it's actively praying for the strongholds or needs in other people's lives to line up with God's word it's a battle against evil spiritual powers it requires on our part some courage some diligence and some time because God uses prayer to align our hearts with his will on behalf of other people it's a place of being willing to carry God's heart for someone else it's a place of sacrificing your time your energy and your heartfelt prayers and cries to God on their behalf. Philippians two four, it says, Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And when you come into prayer and in intercession, it's important to know that we need to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to help us. Um, Some people might say, well, what does that mean? How do I rely on the Holy Spirit to help us? Um, And Pastor's mentioned before, it's those thoughts that come across our mind that we were not totally thinking about. I may be standing at the kitchen sink doing dishes, and all of a sudden, somebody's face appears before in my thoughts. And I was not thinking of them at all. I'm thinking about getting my dishes done. Well, apparently, if you're on my mind, then you're on God's heart because that's the way he works. And it's up to us to take those things and to fulfill them according to God's plan. Um, It is the Holy Spirit guiding you. For someone in need of your prayers. Sometimes you might just get that gut feeling. Sometimes it's a feeling of dread or a, set, a sense of urgency, you know, and you don't know why that's come on you. And it's like, God, I don't know what this is. I don't know who this is for, but apparently I need to pray because something is going on. So whoever this is for, and sometimes God will not show you who you're praying for. He will not tell you who you're praying for or what the situation is, but you just need to be obedient to follow those inklings and those pullings that God is drawing on your heart. You know, Lord, whatever's going on with that person or those people in that life or situation, I thank you that you know them, you know where they're at in their life, you know what's going on, and you're the only one that can fix it. So I'm calling on the name of Jesus to fix it. And this type of persistent intercessory prayer, it does three things. It opens the door, to bring about deliverance and deeper growth as you actively speak against the enemy's designs, stand on the promises of God, and remind God of his word. Because if we know the word, there is nothing more powerful that can stop us when our words line up with his word, and it goes forth. Because once those words are out of our mouth, they never end. There is no end. Second thing it does is it stops the attack of the enemy. It says that there is authority in the name of Jesus, and he has given us all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. That's the word, that's what we can stand on, that's how I can use the name of Jesus in prayer to lift up other people and pray for them. And then light flows into areas where there was previously darkness. Um, Someone might get an understanding of maybe it's something in their life that needs to change. Maybe they see things in a different light or in a different way that they've never seen it before. And a lot of people that I have talked to said, well, I'm only one person. (laughs) Am, Am I really gonna make a difference? Well, I have a couple examples to show you how one person really made a difference. What about Moses? When God left and he went up to the mountain to meet with God, he came back down, and when he came back down, he had found that they had made a golden calf and set up an altar for it. And in God was angry with them, and he was going to destroy them because they made that. So in Exodus 32.10, God says, now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them, and then I will make you into a great nation. But because of the relationship that Moses had with God, Moses interceded and he advocated on behalf of the Israelites. And then in Exodus thirty-two fourteen, it says, the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he has threatened. One person made a difference. In the book of Genesis, we see Isaac was married to Rebekah, and they longed to have children together, and she was barren. In Genesis 25:21, it says, And Isaac entreated, pleaded with, and prayed hard to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was moved by his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. It was the prayer of one man. It was for his wife, but it was still the prayer of one man, and one man's prayers made a difference. So I love this account because it talks about a praying church. And in Acts 12, we see intercessory prayer in action. Okay, this is where the church prays for Peter in prison. And in Acts 12, verses 1 through 10, it's about this time that King Herod had arrested several of the followers of Christ. He had already killed um, James, the brother of John, and the Jews were real excited about that. So then he went and he... Arrested Peter. And it says in verse 4 after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. And Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Peter was one man. Herod put 16 men on him, 16 to watch over one man because he knew how powerful Peter was. And then in verse 5, It says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So then it tells us what the effects of those prayers were. In verse 6, it says, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial. That night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood before him, And a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. And then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and he didn't know that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was dreaming all this stuff, that it wasn't real. He was in the bottom of this old, nasty, smelly prison with 16 guards, guards outside, a big metal encased um, gate to keep them in. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate, which led to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Why do you think it opened? I think it's because the church prayed, and they interceded, and they were praying for Peter. So God moved on their behalf because of their prayers. So they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Can you imagine how excited the people of the church were to see God move on behalf of their prayers, to see Peter freed from prison, that because what what they prayed mattered, and it made a difference? Your prayers matter. Individually, they matter. Corporately, they matter. And Jesus... When they were getting ready to crucify him, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. In Matthew 5:44, it says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, nobody wants to hear that but it's what God tells us to do. We all come from different backgrounds. We've all been through different life experiences that brought us to the place that we are today. And there are people who have not been brought up in church. Maybe they've never been taught proper morals and values, and they just do what they know. But the word calls us to be a doer of the word. We're supposed to be the ones that forgive. We're supposed to be the ones that pray for them. We're supposed to be the mouthpiece of God to maybe help them through whatever it is that they're going through, and help them to learn the right ways So, John 17, if you get a chance to read John 17, I encourage you to do so, because this is where Jesus gives us an example that he prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, and he also prayed for future believers. In verse 20, it says, he prayed for even future believers. So, Jesus wants us to know God as he does. And this is really a great example for us because it's not just about us, it's about those that are in our circle. It's about the people that we're around, it's about the people we work with, it's about the people we go to school with, and it's also about all believers. So Jesus prayed for Peter after Satan asked for Peter so he could be sifted. In Luke 22, 32, he said, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers you know you can pray for others in situations that you have already been through and because you have been through it there's a comfort in being able to tell someone you know what man i know what you're going through i've been there and i made it through to the other side and i know that by praying and standing together in this, that you're going to make it through. I made it through, and I've seen what Jesus has done in my life, and I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to be there for you, because you can strengthen others, because you know how it feels to go through that thing, and there's something special. There's a special connection that happens when you can share what you've been through with someone else who's struggling. in Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I don't think that means that we're to be a dumping ground, that everybody can just dump on us and we walk away with it. But it means carry each other, not take it, but carry each other, help each other through those situations. So why pray for other people? What does the Bible say? In 1 Timothy 2.1, it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. You know, the Lord's seeking those people who will pray and intercede on behalf of others because it changes them, it changes their situation, and it also changes us. You know, Jesus showed compassion for the multitude. It says that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And it helps us develop a confidence that when we pray, it makes a difference. And in 1 John 5, 14, I know I have a lot of scripture, but it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The word tells us to pray for one another. If we ask according to his word, that means we need to get in the word, find out what the situation is that we're praying about, what does the word say about it, and then pray those scriptures over that person, over that situation, because God is true to his word. His word says he's not a man, that he should lie. He's not a liar. Either you believe all of it or you don't believe any of it. I happen to believe all of it because I've seen it work in my life and I've seen it work in the lives of other people that I have personally prayed for. And I'm sure that there are many out of you out there also that have prayed for people in situations and seen things change. And it's an encouragement and it's to encourage us to continue to do those things. In um, James... 516, it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So how can intercessory prayer become a part of your life today? What can I do today that's going to make a difference? Take a look at the people in your life and the challenges that are going on around you. Where has growth or movement stalled? In your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see someone falling back, encourage them. Where is there a rebellious child or a difficult boss? That's a place that you can stand and intercede and pray for those things. What about people battling with chronic health issues or people that need salvation that are in your circle? You know them personally, you know how to pray for them. What about our country and our political leaders? Our country's a mess right now. We know that God's in charge, but the Word calls us to pray for all of those in government positions. It's scriptural. What about the missionaries that are out there spreading the Word and the love of Christ to people who have never heard it before? They need God's provision. They need God to open doors that no man can shut. They need the words to speak so that people understand what they're trying to bring across. What about our leadership here at church? That's a great place to start, um, that they grow in wisdom and knowledge that they make themselves available for God to move, to use, to grow the church, and to see his kingdom be accomplished, that they're in unity and following the perfect will of God and his plan for this church and for this particular church body. These are all great situations in which to apply intercessory prayer. And pray scripture. Pray in the name of Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men. The man christ jesus so there is a woman named barbara shoot and she has a quote in her book your journey to a prayerful life and i really like it and it says praying in jesus name means that we go to god on the basis of christ's merit we go in his authority and purity having none of this in ourselves we ask in accord with christ's will when we pray in jesus name and when we pray in jesus name the demons tremble with fear So whenever we pray, let's be sure to name the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if it's at the beginning, in the end, or in the middle, but the power rests in the name of Jesus. So we have to pray with faith, knowing that God is true to his word, that he has all power. Pray from your heart. Pray regularly. Be dedicated to prayer until you see that thing through. Pray fervently. and the scripture that I read, Tells us the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, I looked up the definitions of those key words in that scripture. And effectual, the definition is successful in producing a desired or an intended result. Fervent means having or displaying a passionate intensity. And prayer is a set order of words as an address, such as a petition to God, an earnest request, or a wish. So knowing those definitions, we can phrase it to read our prayers are a set order of words to address and petition and request from God with a passionate intensity to produce a desired or an intended result. I love that. How amazing and how humbling it is for us. When we see prayers answered and know that we've been used by God, there's no greater fulfillment than knowing that the God of the universe, the God that we just sang about, the one that we trust who created everything, can use you to make a difference in this world and in somebody's life. You know, it can be challenging sometimes to persist in prayer because you don't see things happening. Well, we're to walk by faith and not by sight, and sometimes that's hard to do because you stand in prayer and you don't see it happen. you don't see it happening, you don't see a change, you don't see a change, but then all of a sudden you look back one day and that thing has already been taken care of, you know, and you've been a part of that, and it's amazing. So. You can get involved in prayer, and it truly makes a difference. And we can start here, and we can start now. There are plenty of opportunities right here in our own church body that you can get involved. Um, We have pre-service prayer every Sunday morning from 845 to 905. Come in. Get in the presence of God. Be in agreement with us that God is going to move on the hearts of the people, that he's going to make himself known in a new way to you, that he's going to touch your heart. He's going to heal people. You know, he's a God of signs, miracles, and wonders that they're going to happen in our gatherings today. You know, he is still the same today. And he still does that. So come and be a part of Sunday morning prayer. We have intercessory prayer during services on Monday and Wednesday. There's a room back there that we go into and we pray for the service. We pray for the pastor. We pray for the worship team that people are touched and their hearts are moved, that they come to know you in a real and personal way. And even myself, sometimes you kind of get to a a point where it kind of becomes a dry spot and you really don't know what else to pray for. So, what I've done is. I have a list of different prayer topics of things that we can pray about. And thank God for this church that we have to come and gather together. You know, there's places in the world today people are not free to come and gather in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank the Holy Spirit for his presence here and the anointing on the service today. Thank him for filling every seed in this place that people would come to know him personally. Um, Pray that people here this morning enter into praise and worship wholeheartedly that the distractions of the world fall away. Pray for Pastor Ron or whoever is teaching that the message is clear and precise and exactly what that person needs to hear from the Holy Spirit. Pray for the spiritual gifts to flow in our service so people would know and recognize that he is moving among us. Pray for specific families or individual people as the Holy Spirit shows you, and I can say From experience that there have been times that I've been in that room and I've just been looking around saying okay Lord what what do you want what do you want me to do right now I'm here for you to use and he will zone me in on a specific family or a specific person and I will pray for that person until I feel that release so Pray that the spiritual temperature of our church rises, that we follow the word and not the worldly ways that we get into the word and that we're involved in our church functions and our church gatherings and the things that they have available here. Pray that when we leave the church, that, when we, ta- that we would take that love and live according to the word that we just heard and that our daily lives are a reflection of him. And that's just some. I mean, I have like three pages of this, and I can make this available and put it on the table over there after service so it should be there next week and you know we have friday morning prayer at the church here every friday morning at 9 30 a.m if you're not working or if you have some free time come spend you don't have to spend a whole lot of time here but come and be in agreement be in prayer that things are, are moving in this church things are happening in this church we're growing our youth group is going they're getting fed they're knowing you um, we have men's prayer on saturday morning at 7 a.m there's in my heart and this is just my opinion there's nothing greater than the men and the leaders of the house to get together and to pray because there's a special special covering that happens over your family when the men pray and I love that they get together on Saturday mornings and pray um, if you want to be a part of the Sunday or Wednesday night prayers it's Sunday every service and Wednesday every service in here but we also have people that go around to the different classrooms on Wednesdays and they pray over the classrooms they pray for those teachers they pray for those children it's important and it's the only way that things happen God says call to me and I will answer you it may not be always the way that we want it but he will answer it's usually going to be yes no or later yes no or wait but he always answers us in some way so let's pray father I pray that we will all get a divine revelation of the difference we can make in this church, in this world, and the lives of all those around us that we pray for. And I pray that our hearts will have the desire to pray for the body of Christ to be in perfect unity with one mind and in one accord. I pray that we get the understanding of how prayer changes things and that our prayers matter and make a difference. And I thank you for willing hearts to pray for others that we would have ears to hear the word of the Lord on what to pray, how to pray, who specifically to pray for. And I know that your word says I can pray prayers of faith, believing that I receive what I pray for. So I consider this prayer right now answered in the mighty, powerful, anointed name of Jesus. And Matthew 21, 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So thank you for allowing me a little bit of time to speak about intercessory prayer. We're going to have Pastor Ron come up and pour out his love for you through what the Lord gave him.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. You said, what's that all about? Just exactly what she was talking about. I'm going to tie in with just a short message I've got this morning. You know, everything has changed from the old covenant to the new covenant and we're going to take communion this morning and it says in the word that when you take it do it in remembrance of me and I want to just hit lightly on what we're remembering Uh, it's so we we get so religious in our lives that we think we know everything and we think we have everything and we don't listen to the word and we have our cell phones out and we play with our cell phones during service because we have no respect for anybody and, and we talk to each other and we bother. And we, you know, something I've found that people do is they sit and watch other people and what they're doing, judging them. We need to be remembering what God has done for us. And prayer is, well, it's what's make the church go. And we have a, a group of people, and I know she needs more, that, that is back in the prayer room and is praying on Wednesday nights around the building. And that's what changes lives. But I want to share with you in Psalms Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you, redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. We've been watching The Chosen on Wednesday nights, and there was a statement made, I, it maybe, maybe it was last week, I don't know, I've watched them so many times. But Simon's talking to the Roman uh, soldier, they call him, what do they call him? Premi, he's in charge of the Roman soldiers he's one of those and he was saying to him the premi or the Roman soldier was saying to Simon you guys are just under your Jewish law you're just doing so much doing so much see it's required in the old covenant to do something to get something from God and he said to the Roman soldier well what do you pray well he had a God for everything that they needed he said what do you mean he said well it's just whatever I need, I know where to go with the God to do that. So back in those days, everyone, even the, even the Satan worshipers now, have to do something, sacrifice something to get something from God. As we remember today as we take communion, we don't have to do anything to get. Now, now grab that. We pray because we want his will, but we don't pray, we don't pray in the feeling of, if I don't pray, I'll not get. They had to sacrifice. In the, in the old covenant, uh, let, me, let me chase it down here, let me go on with this. In, in Psalms 111 verse 9, it says, he has paid a full ransom for this, for his people he has guaranteed his covenant with them forever what holy awesome awe awesome, inspiring name he has but we go down then in hebrews and I want to go there and, and this gives you what I was talking about hebrews 9 11 through 15 it says, But Christ came as a high priest that good things to come with greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands that is not for this of this creation. Listen to this not with the blood of goats, calves, but with his own blood he entered the holy place, once all having obtained eternal redemption. Listen to what it goes on it says, For if the blood If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the heifer, sprinkling the unclean sacrifice for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through his eternal Spirit offered himself without a spot to God, cleanses your conscience from the dead works to serve a living God? And for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promises of the eternal life. Before the new covenant, you had to sacrifice and give something to get. In the new covenant, you don't have to do anything. He did so we would have. He died so you would have forgiveness of sin. He died for your sickness and disease. It's a whole nother concept, but religion has kept the old covenant in and tells you you have to do this, you have to do that. This is where grace settles in. And when you're remembering what Christ has done for you, you're remembering that it's all finished now. I don't have to do anything. That's what grace is. Grace is giving me what he's done for me. And taking communion, like we're going to take here shortly, is is remembering that I don't have to do now to get what he's done. He gives me and I've got. And it's a whole different, it's a whole different world. Ephesians 1 7 said, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. In Romans 5 9, it says, Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from all the condemnation. Everything has been done, but it's not only done to take care of your sin, everything, you know, this is the one everybody in here struggles with. We believe he died for our sin. We know we're going to heaven, but when it comes to knowing he took care of every sickness and disease, why are we struggling with this? We're all gonna go. Ken Gobb's gone. I, I, I can't even express how much I am going to. I, I talked to him an average of once, at least every two weeks. I talked with him on the phone. Five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. He was almost like my pastor. Well, Lord, why didn't you heal him? He is healed. We, we, we think we've got to live in that. Folks, you never die. When he died, when Jesus died for you, he died for your sins so you'd be forgiven, so you're never going to walk through judgment. And he died for your healing so that you would always be living. The flesh is giving up. I mean, give me a break. Gravity takes over. All kinds of things take place in our bodies because we're in a cursed world. Do we want to be healed and, and live a full life? Absolutely. Do we die early sometimes? Absolutely. That's the curse where we're living in. But do you stop praying? Because you know it's the answer. Well, why do some and some don't? That's his business. But why would we quit praying and thanking him for what we may get? I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm well. Why wouldn't I want to live in that, in that area of my life? But he did that for us. In Psalms 103, he said, he said, Who forgives us all our iniquities, who heals your diseases. Who heals all your diseases. But why have I got cancer? Because you're in a cursed world, and, and he's developed ways to help you through it. He can totally touch you, he does it, but if he you don't, you're still healed. And we get mad at God. It, the, next, the, the next chosen is coming up. Simon, who's been a, a pistol in all of the episodes, he finally gets so mad at God, he, he rebukes Jesus. He gets mad at Jesus. But in the next episode, he, he gets like we all get. We get mad at God at times, but we, we recognize what a dumb place to be. And that's why remembering like we're going to be doing, you remember that he's got all of our lives and he's got everything. He's taking care of us. In Isaiah and then in, in, in Matthew, it says the same thing. He took our infirmities and he carried away our diseases in the New Living Translation. 1 Peter two twenty four, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we could lead, we could be dead to sin and live for what is right, by his wounds you are healed. Now, as we take this this morning, remember what he did. And we don't beg God for anything. She went over everything that I taught over the past few weeks. This is all part of prayer. You remember and you thank him. Lord, thank you as, as we take the blood the juice, which represents the blood of the Lord, thank you that you died, and you, it's done. It's a done deal, and I'm going to heaven. And my sins, yesterday's sins, today's sins, and the ones that I'll probably pull tomorrow are forgiven already, which makes no sense. That's why it's called grace. But then as we take the bread, which represents his body, Lord, thank you, even though you know you've got something going on. You've got snot running out your nose. I know I'm healed because he's already done it for me. And I'm just going to receive that. Will you receive it? Maybe. Will you? Maybe not. Maybe. But eventually, you're totally healed if you're a believer. Why wouldn't we want to live in a life where we know everything's taken care of and we thank him for it and we get it? We get it. I mean, you get your healing. You get every disease gone. We get that. We're forgiven. We get that. So why don't we just, as we take this, say, Lord, thank you. That what I've got's gone. You, you, you give me scripture, how to walk through it. You give me encouragement. You're my comforter. You're my strength. You've got somebody else, as Monica talked about. I know you've got somebody else praying for me right now as I walk through this, as they just look, I, I was sitting there. I wasn't bothered, but, but I, I, was, I was quiet whenever they were going over their songs. And I, I wasn't in the praise and worship. I just was spending time in prayer. And Monica recognized that I was deep in prayer. And she come, why did she see it? She's an intercessor. And she come over, laid her hand on my back, and she prayed for me. That's what it's all about. And that's what this is about, is, Lord, thank you you say, well, you know, you know, this is all just religious stuff and I don't even want to come to church and I don't like church and I'm disrespectful to the pastor. I'm looking at my cell phone and, 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 I'm, and I'm looking across at everybody else, see what they're doing, judging them, not knowing that I'm judging myself. And the list goes on and on. No, you, th- listen, you're going to see it. This right here at church is the most important thing you can do in your life in getting into this word because there's coming a time in everybody's life when you want to know what you've already got. You're going to need to know that you're healed. You're going to need to know that you're forgiven. You're going to need to know. And it's not begging God. It's just thanking Him that it is. All I had to do is believe. That's all I had to do. When I was 12 years old, I was in a little Methodist church. We was having a revival. And the Holy Spirit dealt with me and I said, Lord, thank you. But then I was, Lord, please forgive me. Well, I don't have to say, please forgive me. I just say, "I just have to say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And repent of what, and turn and go the other way is what repent means in that scripture. And he's got me, and he's, you said, well, what, have you lived perfect? No. And none of you. And if you think you are, you're full of pride and nobody likes to even talk to you because you're beating everybody up. Everybody here fails. But we're forgiven. We're forgiven. And we're also healed. So we come to a place when we do this. Uh, Herman Bol, Everybody remember Herman Bolin? Anybody remember him? He's been gone a while. He took communion Now, I'm not saying you should have to do this, but he did. Because every morning, it reminded him of what he did for him. He took communion every morning of his life after he got saved. Right down to the point he got so sick he couldn't, and he went to be with Jesus. This morning, as we take it, we need to remember. John, come on up. We need to remember what he's done. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Guys, uh, Dale, if you'll, you'll bring the guys up, let's, let's take this this morning. Let's recognize, let's, you know, that's a good word too. Let's recognize and remind ourselves. Remind ourselves <laughs> what he's done. Let's go ahead, as I'm talking here, let's go ahead and hand this out. He is such an awesome, awesome, awesome God, folks. We. We're in an age now, go ahead, go ahead and pass it out. We're in an age now where commitment has fell away, respect has fell away, but we've got a God that has forgiven you and loves you and wants you to continue on with him and follow him, knowing exactly what needs to be done and what needs to be said. We have a God that has done it all. I love, as Monica shared, when you spend time with Him, you get His will. And then when you get His will, you can be, she can be washing dishes, I can be mowing the yard, I can be chopping wood, I can be running a chainsaw, and somebody will cross my thought life That's nothing but my spirit talking to me. And then now because of what he did for us, I can pray and I can know that that person's covered. That the blood of Jesus has covered that person. That's some of the the religions that's taken too far, like Mormons, they have people that get baptized every morning for those that are already dead and those that weren't saved and those that aren't saved. That's, that's carrying it too far. Everything gets carried too far. Prayer is nothing but him speaking to you and then you saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you that so-and-so is going through a hard time. Thank you Brad. Thank you that this person is going through the hard time. Thank you this person is being feisty. Thank you this young person is doing the wrong thing. Thank you for this old person that's living wrong. Thank you Lord that they're going see the, they're going to see you. they're going to know you. They're going to come to that place in your life where they're going to find you and walk with you. Thank you, gentlemen. Did you get John 1? You got one? Okay, they're covered. Everybody covered. The sound booth covered? Everybody's covered. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23. It says, For I received from... I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Separate your your cup if you can. Sometimes mine's stuck a little. Oh no. Everybody's stuck? Mine is. I can't get mine off. Grab me another one. We haven't figured out the best way to do this. I think when I put the. Make sure it works. Now oh, there you go. Anybody got trouble with one of theirs? I'm the only one? John's won't either. Well, John's got no hands. He has to do it. <laughs> you say, Well, why are you being funny now? Well, come on. Let's don't get religious. Let's just let's just be excited. It says. This is just bread. This does not turn into skin. Everybody understand that. This is just, this is just to represent what he did for us. Does it taste good? No, it tastes terrible. Is it dry and I can't talk afterwards? You, you're not talking. I have to. But what is it? What are we remembering? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Now that's, that's not just physical. That's emotional. That, that's anything that gets you distraught. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with depression, which I fight a lot. This is the answer. What he did. This, this is not the answer. But as we take it and remember, many times I've seen through my 30 plus years of ministering, I've seen people totally delivered, totally healed, totally set free, demonic forces pulled off of them, all kinds of stuff. So let's just remember what he did, and let's just allow him to take it Father we thank you for this we thank you that Father you died you took the stripes you took the beatings you took the nails you took all of that for us and we thank you Father as we take this we're just going to receive we know you did it we remember you did it but we're just going to receive that in anything in our lives physically all those that we prayed for this morning thank you for quick recovery thank you for total healing We thank you, Lord. You're the comforter. You're the strengthener. You're everything we need. And as we take this, Father, we're going to receive it in Jesus' name. Let's take this together. It goes on and says, take eat this. It goes on and says, in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This, do as often as you drink it it remembers of me. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to drag a cow to church and sacrifice it. I don't have to bring a bull and sacrifice I don't have to buy a dove and sacrifice it. I don't, to, I don't have to sacrifice anything. He did it already. I'm just here to be a, a vessel to flow through to touch other hearts and lives like Jesus did Jesus came to serve that's why he wants us to serve and take care Father we thank you that as we take this we know that the blood of Jesus was a final, final sacrifice never again will I have to sacrifice because you sacrificed for me and we thank you that everything past, present, and future our sins our mistakes those things we do wrong don't even know sometimes things we're doing wrong because there's no law. You covered it all. We thank you that we've been forgiven because of you. In Jesus' name. Let's take this together. Lord, we thank you. There are not words to tell you. Everything that's going on in our lives, we know that it's going to work out. You're going to turn things around. Help us to not walk in that arena of thinking we know how to fix this or how to fix that. Our place is just to get your will and allow you to take care of it for us. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise and worship team. Will you come on up? They're going to close out again with honey on the rock. The wording to that is, well it's scripture, but the song's been out for a while, but we've not done it here. But I think in, after listening to it a while ago, I think we're probably going to be hearing more of it. I tell Neil all the time, Neil, you getting hooked up? I tell Neil all the time, I said, you guys go over the same song in rehearsal, and you, you practice it, and you get burnt out. I said, we hear it once, twice, so just, so we're going to do, I'm, Neil, we're going to do this one more than two or three. Okay? Okay. Hi, bud. Let's all stand. Father, thank you that you are everything we need. Father, the Israelites, as hard-headed as they were, had to walk, walk and travel and camp and camp and camp for years and years and years, you still supplied everything they need. You're such a gracious God. We thank you that because of Jesus, we have everything we'll ever need. We've just got to get to that place where we trust Him and not complain not judge but just give it to him not murmur not gossip just give it to him and we thank you for our father in Jesus name amen
2: There's honey in the rock water in the stone, storm on the ground no matter where I go I don't need to worry I need you've got There's honey in the rock Praying for a miracle Thirsty for the living well Only you can satisfy I keep praying. Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Father, thank you.
1: We do put our trust totally in you from day to day. Father, we can get caught up in the things of the world and the ways of the world, but help us to pass through this world and touch other hearts and lives by trusting totally in you, giving you everything, knowing that you will take care of us. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Call you blessed. You are dismissed. Try to come on Wednesday night. The Chosen has really been good.